Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Update NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Friday, September 16th. If you're watching, or if you're listening to the pod, excuse me, if you're watching the pod live on YouTube, it is Thursday, September 15th. We are live on YouTube every day at around 1 o'clock today, a little bit later, because we've got a pick show featuring Pete Prisco and RJ White in the studio. What's up, fellas? How's it going? It's good. What's going it's on? It's better for y'all. Worse for me. My pick I had a good week. Pete, five week. and one. I went two and yeah, five. I I had had, week. And if I hadn't added the late one, I would have been undefeated. Well, Jaguars. Wasn't it the Jaguars? Yeah. It's good that the Jaguars are the team that took you out. Um, RJ, three and three. The parlay didn't hit. It was Giants plus five and a half. Jags plus two and a half. Cowboys plus one and a half. It did have some life for a while there. And we took out the Seahawks who won outright, of course. Not that it, it would have mattered, but, you know. Um, it looked like the Jags were going to win. Had no, the Cowboys had no chance. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. By Sunday, Sunday night. The third so. wasn't happening. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anyway, we're going to be a little tighter schedule today. So let's dive right in and make some picks. We start with Sunday night football where the bears head to green Bay to play the Packers. The Packers now, uh, Aaron Rodgers actually holds the top two records for fewest points scored by a reigning MVP in week one, following winning the award, uh, three last year, seven this year, bounce back in a big way against the lions last year. Will he do the same against the, against the bears, Pete? Yes, he will. And and I think their defense, which they had a terrible plan last week. Uh, I thought that they would play much better against the Vikings. And why didn't Alexander stay on Jefferson more? It made no sense to me. Jair Alexander uh, asked the same question, by the way. Right. He didn't he didn't he wasn't on him at all. And I think this week they'll do a better job of limiting a passing attack that isn't very good. Uh, I think the pass rush will be better. And I think Rodgers will be better. You know, Christian Watson dropped that ball, but he's open. And to me, when I see a young receiver getting open like that, that's that's a good sign. So I think they bounce back here. I think they blow out the Bears. Uh, I like the Packers. Yeah, maybe Green Bay has real issues with Adams gone, but I think it's going to take one, more than one game to be able to judge that. Hopefully they'll be healthier this week. Both uh, offensive tackles were questionable last week, ended up not playing, so hopefully we'll see some guys back there. Um, they still managed 5.5 yards per play in that game, just couldn't convert it into points or slow down Minnesota's offense with those questionable defensive calls like Pete is talking about. I don't think that latter will be an issue. I mean, there's no reason to believe in the Chicago offense despite them winning. Um, if Green Bay is an average team, I think this line is probably still light at 10 um, just because of how low I have Chicago in my power ratings. If Green Bay is still a good team, this line is not is going to make no sense come you know four or five, six weeks. So I think this line should be 14, maybe even a little higher. So I have Green Bay as a best bet. 
Yeah, I got Green Bay as a best bet too. Um, I, Pete, I know you said you love him. Do you want to? Do you want to make that? Like, yeah, right? you can throw it in there. All right, let's make there. that the first leg of the parlay. Look, you know, you go back and look at week two, and I know we're not we're comparing apples and oranges here, but week two of last year, Adams did have a big game, eight catches, 121 yards. But it was Aaron Jones who I've been stumping to be the focal point of this offense, who had the monster game, 17 carries, 67 yards, and a touchdown, and then six catches, 48 yards, and three receiving touchdowns. A four touchdown game for uh, Aaron Jones would not be surprised at all if he has a huge game, and I think. Um, anybody sort of looking at the Bears and what they did in week one is probably tricking yourself because, you know, you can like the Dante Pettis catch for 51 yards, I think. I mean, it's sort of a fluke play that, you know, probably weather driven. I don't think just, I mean, they had 27 yards at halftime, I believe. I, I don't think they get much done against this Packers defense. Uh, everybody should be embarrassed for Green Bay. And I think they show up and play in a big way. So uh, RJ and I have the Packers as a best bet. And that's the first leg of the parlay Packers minus 10. Speaking of a, a, another large spread for a team that lost in week one, the Texans are at the Broncos, and the Broncos are favored by 10 with an over-under of 45. Uh, Russell Wilson limping back to Denver after being uh, uh, punked and embarrassed by his old coach, Pete Carroll. Well, I mean, he he has some accountability for that game as well. He stood there with – I mean, everybody killed Hackett, and rightfully so. It was a bad decision, but you're a veteran quarterback. All the play clock running down the entire game and and not knowing how to call – I mean, he's as responsible – he's not as responsible, but he had a bad game too, despite the fact he threw for 350 yards. Uh, they didn't score points. I know he turned the ball over. I like the Texans. This number's bloated to me. Uh, Texans were tough last week. I liked them last week. They should have won that game. You know, the late fumble really killed them uh, and set up the Colts to get back in the game. I think they'll hang around. Uh, they're pretty good on defense, and they got after Matt Ryan. He forced four fumbles last week. Uh, so I'll take the Texans and the points as uh, one of my picks. Yeah, I don't know that Houston played that well. They were outgained 517 yards to 299 yards. That's a massive difference. Um, so, you know, those fumbles were key, and, and it was interesting to see Indy uh, rally back. I think Denver's offense, they average 6.8 yards per play. I, you know, I think they're still solid even with that questionable decision-making. The goal line fumbles kept the score down. I mean, in reality, they should have rolled in that game, and it shouldn't have been close at the end. Um, Denver's defense looks like it could be a problem, though, so maybe Houston can backdoor this game. I think it's a tough environment for Mills. I love backing Denver at home in the first two weeks. They're 43-8 and eight straight up at home in the first two weeks of the season, 32-15-4 against the spread all time. Teams just are not ready to come in and play at altitude in the first two weeks of the season. So I would lean to Denver. I'm not making it a best bet because of how big the line is and how ugly they looked last week, but that would be my lean. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it is a little hypocritical to say like, oh, the, you know, the Packers are going to come in and blow out the you know, welcome the Bears in and blow them out, but the, the Broncos can't do the same thing. So, I mean, like, I mean, but I, I tend to lean towards the Texans here as well. 10 feels like a, a lot, especially with a, a 45 point total there. And you have the opportunity where Houston can come in and play well. You know, Russ hasn't played at altitude either, which is, I mean, obviously he's adjusted to it because he's, he's been practicing there, but he hasn't played in an actual game at altitude, which I think is at least worth considering. Houston just has major backdoor potential with Brandon Cooks and, and Nico Collins and, and Davis Mills slinging it late. So I would lean Texans here, but uh, don't have it as a best bet. Colts. At the Jaguars, Colts minus four, over under 45 and a half. The Indianapolis Colts, Pete, have not won, I believe, in Jacksonville, Florida, your old stomping grounds, where you did some of your most mischievous things in your life. 
You really have like just desecrated the entire state of Florida at this point between Jackson. I really have. I really have. It's just no. a trail of trail of tears. Yeah, I mean, it's just like just destruction <laughs> and, and pandemonium from Fort Lauderdale to Jacksonville all the way up. Um, anyway, they haven't won since 2014. There, they couldn't keep the streak of of failing to win in week one alive, uh, or they, they they kept the streak of failing to week one win in week one alive after that tie with Houston last week. Now they're trying to break the streak of uh, going to Jacksonville and, and and losing. What do you think about this game here? And w- but one of those games was in London, so that counts. Oh, true, they, true. Haven't, they haven't won against them on the road since 2014, they, like you Crazy. said. Uh, and they had a chance to go to the playoffs last year and win and, and didn't in the final week of the season. So I, I just think this is a tough spot for the Colts. You go on the road, you play the Texans, you go home, now you got to go on the road and play a team that's sitting at home playing its first home opener. Uh, and so, I, or is playing its home opener. So I think that's a big advantage for Jacksonville. I think their run defense is mo- going to be much better this year. They'll limit uh, Jonathan Taylor. I don't think you're going to need the points. I think Jacksonville wins this game outright. So I'm apparently predicting regression week for P. Prisco after that five and one week to start out because I'm on the other side of this one too, and I have this one as a best bet. Like I said, Indy had no business letting Houston hang around in that game with the yardage and the statistical advantage. Jacksonville looked much better um, than they had last year um, thanks to that new coaching, but there were still major holes on the roster. I mean, I was sitting there watching that game next to Pete, and he was complaining about Griffin and the guard and this guy and that guy. There's still holes on this on the starting roster that I think can be exploited by complete teams, and I think Indy is a pretty complete team. Um, Reich is now. 4 and one straight up, 4 and one against the spread in week one. But that's three and one straight up and four and oh against the spread in week two. The only loss was last year when they lost by three points, but covered against the Rams when Wentz was banged up. And I think we were kind of surprised they played it. He played in that game because he had like two injured feet or two injured ankles or something and still came in and, and kept them close there. So I still think Indy's the class of the division. I'm not going to mark them down too much after one week of looking ugly when they do that in week one all the time. So I think they take care of business here. I have Indy as a best bet. I got the Jaguars as the best bet as well. So we got a real uh, head-to-head battle going here. I think, and you can say the same thing for the Colts too. Like there were some real red zone issues. Uh, you know, you saw with uh, Alec Pierce, who uh, did they put him on IR? Is he just? No, he's in concussion concussion protocol, but he's not expected to play. I don't think, right? No. Yeah, he's not expected to play in this game. I think that I mean that really does some damage to the depth of, of Indian wide receiver. He had a massive drop in the end zone. Um, There's another bad drop of Matt Ryan pass. But if you look at the Jaguars, I mean they were even worse in the red zone and. They were moving the ball pretty effectively against Washington. They just couldn't punch it into the just couldn't punch it in. I think Doug Peterson works on that this week. They get the red zone stuff a little bit tighter. They're able to score against a Colts defense that yeah, I mean Gus Bradley. Oh, it's Gus Bradley revenge game, too, by the way. Um, I, I got the Jaguars. Uh, I think the Jaguars win it outright. And the Colts offensive line has problems, by the way. There's mm. some issues on that line. The left tackle, the right guard, and the right tackle didn't play very well. There, there's some issues on that line. Yeah, I mean, I think, and look, maybe this is me kind of chasing this Jaguars win the division pick that I made before the season, but I, I, still I don't think, think that's happening. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't, feel like a, doesn't feel like a great option. Um, the Patriots scored seven points last week against the uh, the mighty Dolphins, and they are favored on the road going to play the Steelers, where Bill Belichick uh, has done a good job of dominating Mike Tomlin over the years. Um, it, Mac Jones was questionable with a back injury, then was added to uh, who's cleared, he's going to play back at practice. And this line moved from like a either maybe a half or a pick them to to a full Patriots minus two. What do you think about New England on the road here, Pete? I'm falling for the Bill Belichick factor here. I just can't see them playing as poorly as they played last week and I and throughout the preseason. Uh, I know they were not good last week, but they only gave up one touchdown on offense. One. 
you know, for all the talk about how great Miami's offense was, they gave up one touchdown. Uh, I would probably lean, um, probably stay away from this game if T.J. Watt was in it. I think the Steelers' defense is ordinary without him, and, and I think they're going to eat as bad as the Patriots have been on offense. I think they'll find a way to move the ball here, uh, and I'm going to take New England minus the points as one of my best bets. The calculus definitely changes for Pittsburgh's defense with Watt not on the field. And the offense had just 264 yards over 70 minutes of football. So I don't know that the offense is going to be that good uh, despite them, you know, getting enough points to beat uh, Bengals in an, in an upset win. The last time Belichick started 0-2 was 2001. I don't know if you remember that year, but he won the Super Bowl that year. <laughs> yeah. so, it's, so, it's uh, Tom Brady, Tom, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe uh, Jared Stidham or, will come in midway through this game and, and, and right. lead them to a Super Bowl. Yeah, maybe maybe the uh, the strategy Hoyer. is to lose. Yeah, no, Hoyer's too old to be the Brady of the the Brady comparison. Bailey uh, Zappi. Bailey Zappi. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, not Stidham. Yeah. So New England might be bad. I don't love playing laying the points on the road just because that offense might be bad. I think that's the way to go though. So I'm not making it a best bet. Um, with that Belichick factor, I would lean toward Pete's side, but I'm not not itching to play it. Yeah, I, I picked the Pats to win the game and to cover. Uh, not a best bet. I do have a best bet on the under, though. 40 and a half is, is a low under. It's a low total. They could obviously get there with just a few scores. But you look at what the Patriots did on offense against the Dolphins. I mean, they are just sort of lost right now in terms of what they – they don't have any explosive plays down the field. And Mitchell Trubisky and that Pittsburgh offense didn't do anything. It was the points – there was, was 17 points over turnovers. This is not a high-scoring offense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is a team that cannot move the ball effectively – Belichick will do a, plenty of stuff to, to mess with Trubisky. And I think we're getting pretty close to seeing Kenny Pickett. Um, maybe not in this game, but after this game, I wouldn't be surprised if they go to him just because, you know, even if you're one and one, if your offense is sort of lethargic for back-to-back weeks, you have to think about making a move. Um, type, uh, type Benson in the HCAT if you, uh, if you like, uh, if, if you, if you want to help us out and hit the like button, smash that like button. Uh, so I'll take the under as a best bet on the uh, Patriots and Steelers. Bucks minus two and a half at the Saints with an over under of 44. Tom Brady has not beaten the Saints, Pete, since he joined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he's a road favorite against the Sean Paytonless Saints team that came back came back in crazy fashion against the Falcons last week. I'm gonna throw out last week's game against the Falcons on defense because when you play those style of offenses, they did it last year against Philly. They led the league in run defense, the Saints, and Philly gashed them for over 200 yards. Last week, Atlanta gashed them for over 200 yards because it's tough to get ready for those style of offenses. This is more conventional, and they are banged up on the offensive line, Tampa Bay. And one thing Tom Brady hates is the interior pass rush and the, and, and that gets near him, and they're going to get after him. That defensive line dominated them last year in that 9 nothing game, and I think they're going to do it here. Uh, you know, as long as Jameis Winston doesn't turn the ball over, and I think the fourth quarter will help him this week, I think the Saints win this game outright. They just they just have Tom Brady's number, and I think they're going to win the game outright. So give me the two and a half. I'll take New Orleans as the best bet. I'm also taking them as a best bet. I had them at plus three on the early edge on Sunday mornings. I do the Sunday morning early edge show, and I give out some look-ahead picks, and one of them was, was Saints – Plus three, because I said if that defense shows up against Atlanta and plays well, you know, you're not going to get the three after, after um, you know, the lines reopen. Defense didn't play well, and it was actually three briefly, uh, but now with the injury issues for the Bucks, it's come down a little bit. Um, Evans mispracticed today. Godwin obviously isn't going to play. Um, Julio mispracticed. It just seems like I don't know who's Brady's going to throw to. Um, so maybe it's a Leonard Fournette game and they can get the run game going the way, 
that uh, Atlanta did last week. But the Bucs have committed 36 turnovers over the last two years. That's about one per game. Saints have 11 of them in their four games. The Saints know how to turn Tom Brady over, and Brady hates playing them, like Brinson was saying. So with those interior OL issues, I think New Orleans wins this game too. So I have them as a best bet, a plus two and a half also. Yeah, I'm not sure that the Buc- – I've got them as a best bet too, so add that to the parlay. we got Packers minus 10, Saints plus two and a half. I'm just not sure that – um like what we saw from the Buccaneers on Sunday night in, in Dallas is necessarily indicative of a team that is going to go, go on the road and dominate as a, as a short road favorite. I mean, they were, they, they took care of business against Dallas, but I think that's more of a Dallas issue than a Tampa issue. And so there are some holes with Tampa and you mentioned the receivers. I mean, if all those guys are missing, that's going to make it tough on Tom Brady and probably leads to a lower scoring game. I think that you see the totals at 44. I think that favors the Saints. I think they'll find a way to turn Brady over and get the win as well. So this, by the way, this is another one of those games where teams playing consecutive road games against a team playing its home opener. Yeah. And yeah, that's a great, it's a great point. I mean, you, you have to think that like, and New Orleans should be loud for this one. You know, not that they're one of there are a ton of Saints fans in Atlanta too. Yeah, they always are. Yeah, but I mean, like, it was like it was like if you were if you just jumped into that game, you couldn't. Sometimes you couldn't even tell like if like definitely who was uh, who was doing it. All right, let's take a break and we come back. More best bets from our blue ribbon panel of experts uh, next. Jets at Browns. Browns minus six and a half. The Browns. Have, I mean. Fortunate to be 1-0 at this point. Got bailed out by the referees against Carolina after allowing a, just an, a, an embarrassing comeback from Baker Mayfield and that Panthers, that lethargic Panthers offense. Total here, 40 and a half. Pete, any any thoughts on uh, this one? This is a tough game for me. I, I mean, I just, when I look at it, I, I think that number's really bloated a little bit. And But but again, if you watch the Jets last week, uh, they were kind of lifeless at times and Flacco didn't look very good. Uh, I would lean to the Browns. Don't love it, but I would lean to the Browns. I, I do think being back home will help them uh, a great deal in this one. And and they're the better team. They have more talent. And and Stefanski is a good coach. Uh, that showed out last week. So I'll take the Browns. Don't love it, though. Yeah, not a tough one for me. I love the Jets as plus six and a half as a best bet. The offense did nothing for the Jets last week. The defense did play pretty well against a very good Baltimore team that we think is pretty good. Defense allowed more than 23 yards on just three of their 12 drives, sunk by a few big plays in that game. Uh, the Cleveland offense just doesn't look capable of delivering big plays with Brissett at quarterback. That defense for Cleveland looked great for three quarters. Then, like Brinton said, let the, let the Panthers back into it. Um, so that worries me a little bit. But ultimately in this game, Jacoby Brissett is a six and a half point favorite. And Jacoby Brissett should not be laying six and a half points to any NFL team. I don't care how ugly they look the previous week. So um, you just got to, I know the Jets are stinky. You just got to take them right now and look at the quarterback on the other side of the field and say, why is he almost a touchdown favorite? Yeah, I, I'm sort of the same way. I think the Jets can win this game. You know, Robert Salas made some weird comments this week about, um, you know, like about receipts. He's looking he's for receipts. receipts of everybody's questioning the Jets. It's like, dude, like you can have like 50 years of receipts. <laughs> like, I mean, everyone, people have been laughing at the Jets yeah, for yeah. years. Um, but you know, the one thing I thought I saw from the Jets in in at least in the first half until the explosive plays from the Ravens sort of opened up uh, opened up that game, they did a good job of bottling up the run. I think it was the lowest rushing total, first half rushing total since Lamar Jackson was drafted for the Ravens. Um, and so that I think that bodes fairly well for this this matchup against the Browns. Carolina had 25 plus missed tackles, and most of them with Nick Chubb. And, and granted, he's you know second highest yards per carry uh, in NFL history. Um, like through, I think it's like 500 rushing minimum rushing attempts ahead of Jim Brown, just behind Jamal Charles. He, he's capable of you know, making people miss. But if Cleveland can't run it effectively, 
then they're, that offense is really going to struggle. Like RJ said, six and a half with Jacoby Brissett. That's just too many points. I think the Jets went outright. I'll, I don't – I think I had the Jets as the best bet in my column, but I've already got six. I don't really think I need seven best bets. So I'll let, I'll let RJ – That's desperation if you get seven. It's not desperation. I had seven last week. You had six. <laughs> um, Cardinals at the Raiders. Raiders minus five and a half over under 51 and a half, Pete. I wanted to take the Raiders, uh, the Cardinals in this game. I really did, but th- they're bad right now. That's a bad football team. Bad football. They have, they have injuries. Uh, they show up. The line isn't very good. Uh, you know, Murray wasn't very good. Who's he throwing the ball to with the injuries? It's just not a good team right now, and, and I think that's going to show up here in this one. I the Raiders were. I, I just watched their defense today. They, they they did some good things on defense last week, and I think. Crosby and, and Chandler Jones revenge game uh, is going to get after the quarterback there. And I think they're going to impact what uh, Kyler Murray does. So I'll take the Raiders minus the points. A uh, best bet or just, you just like the Raiders. Just, just like the Raiders. Okay. All right. Yeah. My lean would be to the Cardinals. Look ahead was Vegas minus three, but since that Arizona defense looked horrendous, the number shot up. That was against one of the NFL's best offenses. I think this is a little bit easier matchup here, even though we saw that Devontae Adams can go off in this offense. Um, I knocked Arizona down two points in my power ratings. That's the most aggressive move I had for a team that wasn't related to injury. Wow, Obviously, wow. the Cowboys dropped a lot further, but I had Arizona as a plus one team, one point better than average. Now I have them as a minus one team, one point worse than average. So maybe they should be further based on what you guys are saying. But I I, I moved the Vegas up half a point or maybe even a full point. That only got the line to minus four for me. I think this is a bit of an overreaction. We know this is overreaction week in the NFL. So I think this big line move from the three to five and a half is a little too much. I would lean to Arizona. I did make the over a best bet because not impressed with either of these defenses right now. Um, even at 51 and a half, I think these teams could, you know, go back and forth and get to into the, the mid to the high fifties in this game. Yeah, we saw too. I, I, that over is a good look as well. Um, I, I think I lean towards the Raiders, but I don't, I don't, I don't really love it. Like you said, the, the line move is concerning because if it was Raiders minus three, I think I'm all over the Raiders, but um, yeah, Arizona scored 14 points, I think in the fourth quarter. Uh, last week, mostly garbage time points. So that's how you, you know, I think they got 21 total points from the from the Chiefs and the and the Raiders and I mean the Chiefs and the Cardinals in a totally meaningless fourth quarter. So absolutely in play to get garbage time here. Um, Josh McDaniels is you know not this is not a Gruden situation where you know he's slowed things down. If you know if they get a lead or anything like that, I think McDaniels keep his foot on the gas in this spot. I I, I would lean towards the Raiders, but don't have a best bet on this game. Falcons at the Rams. The Rams minus 10 and a half over under 46 and a half. Another team that lost last week. That is a double digit favorite, Pete. I love the Rams in this game. It's one of my best bets. I, I think this is a bad spot for Falcons. Long trip. You know, had a tough loss and you're playing a team that's rested with a bunch of veteran players and a coach who can fix the, the mess that they were in opening week. Uh, I just think that this is a great spot for the Rams. Big number, I get it. And uh, normally I hate laying a big number, but I'm going to lay it in this game. I'm going to take the Rams minus the points. Best bet. The Rams, the Rams offense looked terrible in the opener. I was hoping to get better value here and, and play him in single digits. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. I'm also leaning to the Rams. I think minus 10 is fine. Teams that play on Thursday in week one are 16-4 and four against the spread in week two since 2011 per Warren Sharp. Not only do these teams win, they cover. Um, so Rams D struggled to stop Buffalo's pass offense. 
most defenses are going to struggle to, to stop Buffalo's offense. This is going to be a much easier task against this offense here. So I think the Rams can win pretty handily unless there's some like hidden Matthew Stafford elbow thing going on where Sean McVay just refuses to open up the offense. And I guess we'll know about that, you know, the more they play. But right now I think Rams is the play. Yeah, I would lean Rams too. Um, this is a like Pete notes. Tough, it's just a tough spot for the for the Falcons. I mean, you you have to, and and like they they did they had. I mean, you know, you had New Orleans dead to rights, and you let them just storm back. I mean, if you're if New Orleans is able to move the ball that effectively, um, that quickly, it's not going to be hard for the for the Rams to move the ball uh, at all. And I think this is a big time Allen Robinson squeaky wheel spot. I, I've got I don't I can't put it as the best bet, but I would take the over on Allen Robinson uh, catches and receiving yards because when you sign a guy like that in the offseason and then week one doesn't do much and Cooper Cup, you know, and, and the team loses, there'll be an emphasis on on you know getting plays where Robinson gets open. Um and you know, look with Cooper Cup there, it's it's not an, it's not gonna be easy for the Ram, for the Falcons to slow this team down. I would lean towards the Rams as well. Panthers at the Giants, the Giants, a stunner week one uh, victory, although I did predict it, um, and we all had them as the best bet. They're favored by two with an over-under of 43 and a half here, Pete. Yeah, this is a tough game for me. Um, I, I want to take the Giants. Um, I'm taking the Giants, but not as the best bet. I just think Carolina did nothing for three quarters last week. Uh, and neither did the Giants for a half. So it's hard to really put a gauge on this. But I, I'm I'm leaning to the Giants because I think Saquon Barkley will run the ball uh, and they'll make enough plays in the game. Um, it's going to be ugly. I'd probably lean to the under as well, but I'll take the Giants minus the points. Don't love it. So the Giants, I think, played about as well as they could have. You know, Daniel Jones was 17 to 21, Saquon 164 yards rushing. They actually put together a quality defensive game plan, slowed down Derrick Henry, still had like 80-something yards, but, you know, didn't really break the game open, as you expect him to do in this matchup. You put all that together, and they won by one at the very end and just eked out a win. So you would, I would like to see them have a more dominant win if you're going to do that, especially against a team I'm not high on in the Titans. That offense for Carolina was brutal until the fourth quarter. Run game had issues in particular. I do like fading a team coming off a surprise upset win in week one um, that's favored in week two. So my lean would be to Carolina, but I'm throwing them in a teaser here, get them up to plus eight. I think um, getting eight points against a team like the Giants that we don't expect to be beaten down the doors and, and blowing teams out is a pretty safe play. So love teasing this one up, and I'm going to have an, a, a teaser leg uh, to pair with them in a similar situation here in a second. <laughs> the old Ron Rivera teaser special coming maybe? Um, I guess that's a spoiler, but I was trying to make a Carolina reference. Anywho, uh, I, I, I like the Panthers in the spot. Not a best bet. Um, you know, Carolina could not have looked worse coming out of the gates. Baker, very rusty. They definitely got things going when they opened it up out of desperation a little bit. And I think that this is an extremely desperate team because if you start 0-2 against the Browns and at the Giants and the Browns with no Deshaun Watson, you know, Matt Rule's already flambéed seat is going to get even hotter. And, you know, it's just one of those spots where, you know, I don't, you know, maybe the Giants fans will probably be amped up. I know Giant, the Giants are thrilled about, um, you know, the, the start they had. I actually did a Giants podcast um, last night on you know, Wednesday night, and um, it's a Giants Daily podcast or Giants Weekly podcast, and uh, we were previewing the game, and like th- both guys agree that this is just a bad matchup for the Giants because they're linebacking core with Christian McCaffrey, and I think we'll see McCaffrey make a lot more plays this week. I think Carolina wins, probably a low-scoring game, would not want to touch the total, uh, but I mean, yeah, I'll probably toss Carolina in a money line parlay around, you know, some, one of those around the place. Um, commanders, Commandos, 
the old WFTs at the Lions. The Lions, the Detroit Lions, favored in a game minus one and a half with an over under a forty eight and a half. Pete. Yeah, I don't. This game is tough for me too, but I, I like the Commanders. I just don't. I'm not. The Lions' defense was bad last week, and I know that's the Eagles, and they do things differently. They're hard to get ready for, but uh, you know, I like Washington's offense. And believe it or not, Carson Wentz did some good things last week. And they have some weapons on that team. It's too bad they don't have Robinson because I know they they would have used him a ton. But I, I like Washington to go in there and win this game. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Um, but I'm going to take Washington plus the points. Yeah, Washington looked mostly good last week. And you can qualify it by saying he played a bad Jacksonville defense. Well, he gets another bad defense here. Washington also allowed 6.2 yards per play in week one. In that game, Detroit gave up 6.3 yards per play. I think you can score a ton of points in this game. The total was 49. It's ticked down to 48.5 with DeAndre Swift banged up with some injuries on the offensive line for Detroit. So maybe people aren't expecting as many points. I don't care. I'm going to make it a best bet. Go over the 48.5 because we got it under that key number of 49. I think Detroit's going to be a popular over team all year with their improved offense and their bad defense. And you talk about the overreaction week earlier, like I said. Um, that's when you have these 1-0 teams playing 0-1 teams. You typically want to back the 0-1 one team because um you know the 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 market is reacting differently to each team putting too much stock into what they saw in week one the market is treating detroit like they're the one and no team this was pick them on the look ahead and then it jumped up to two and a half and it just seemed everybody wanted to back detroit in this game now because of those injury issues it's come down a little bit to one and a half i think detroit is still getting all the respect in this game and washington's not even though washington won and detroit didn't so in terms of overreaction week i'm treating this like detroit won and washington didn't and backing washington as well it's part of my teaser tease it up to plus seven and a half Again, Detroit, just if they don't win a game by more than a touchdown, I'm good there. So I love um, putting those two teams together in a teaser. But I would back the Commanders, too, at one and a half. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good call on that teaser because we've seen – I like that teaser. Yeah, Detroit like Detroit ain't scared to get involved in a last-second crazy, you know, back, come through the – like, you know, come through the backdoor situation. Where, like, it, it, you're getting that cushion where it, – like, it would be shocking if Washington wouldn't able to move the ball through the air with Terry, with Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, who looked freaking great in, in week one. Uh, I had the over. This is um, actually when I was doing some early DFS work this week. Uh, the number one game that I circled to sort of stack was was this game because I think it's I think it's points galore. I watched a lot of that Washington Jacksonville game. You know the six point two yards per yards per uh, play, and like again, Jacksonville moved the ball pretty easily against Washington. They just couldn't close and, and score. And I think Detroit's gonna be able to move it extremely easy. Uh, we saw last week with the Eagles, they gave up thirty five points, and then they were able to rapid fire reel off some some scores, and, and they ended up covering unfortunately from one of my best bets but it speaks to what Detroit is going to do and how aggressively they will continue to try to score even when they're kind of out of a game so I got the over here 48 and a half as a best bet as well um, another over that I've got a best bet on the Vikings at the Eagles Monday Night Football the double header um, 50 and a half I think the same sort of deal with uh, that we saw like they're talking about with Washington and, and, and Detroit. I like the over in this spot. It's the Eagles can score. They got going really slowly against against the Lions. But once they started moving, they pile up the points. And then of course you saw with the Vikings, they are capable of, of you know scoring quickly as well. Justin Jefferson looks like the best receiver in football. And if if you get this, Pete, if you get this Vikings team in a shootout, I think we can get some real back and forth on Monday night. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. And and here, here's the thing about, the, you know, the Vikings are facing what the Lions faced and what the Saints faced when you play those unconventional offenses, particularly when you've already had the game played and now you got to get ready for them. You know, I know they've done work on them before the season to get ready for them. It's tough to do. So I think the Eagles are going to score. I think the Vikings will score. 
Uh, the Eagles' defense was not good last week. They tackled terribly, by the way. They were terribly tackled, terrible tacklers that day. Uh, I'm going to take the Eagles, though, in this game, but I do agree with you. I think it's going to go over the total. Pete, you think the Vikings are going to score a bunch of points in this game? Who's the, who's the quarterback yeah. of the Vikings? Yeah, what am I talking about? It's it's nighttime. It's but, new, but, coach, look, new coach, new coach, new new. I can new. throw I can throw quick quick screens to Jefferson and get to fourteen. You know, <laughs> I mean, I can. Yeah, I, yeah, me can myself. Kirk, can Kirk Cousins though? That's the question. It's it's uh, yeah, I think time score, I think the Eagles' defense was bad last week, RJ. That was a bad defense. Yeah, especially in the second half. They'll need to fix the run defense issues, particularly for this game. I think they can, though. The talent is there up front. Minnesota riding high after embarrassing Green Bay. That's pushed this line down a little bit. Um, the look ahead was three, I believe. Um, I have Philly's home field advantage is one and a half points. So now at two, they're saying Philly's a little bit better than, than Minnesota. I think that's true. I still believe in this Philly team top to bottom. It's a very good roster. Um, so I would lean to Philly. I think three was probably closer to the right number than two. But, uh, you know, with how Vi- the Vikings look last week, even though Kirk Cousins is playing in prime time. I'm not in a rush to play it. I definitely don't want to, to tease the Vikings just in case we get that Kirk Cousins dud. Yeah, that's uh, the, Kirk, the Kirk Cousins dud is always a concern when you talk about a prime time game with the Vikings. The Dolphins at the Ravens. Ravens minus three and a half over under 44 and a half. Um, I think Miami's uh, Miami had a, a, a fumble, a strip sacks fumble in the end zone and also had that 40, uh, like 42 yard touchdown pass to, to Jalen Waddle with fourth and seven with like sub 30 seconds left. And you're not going to get those every week. Like those are, those are kind of fluky scores. Dol- the Dolphins offense could have been a lot less effective than it was last week. I got the Ravens as a best bet here. Ravens minus three and a half. I think they just keep it rolling. They took, you know, sort of a little rusty in that first quarter, first half, but then started to really show some explosive plays. Devin Duvernay, Duvernay, I always mispronounce Duvernay. Duvernay. Like if like what if he's what if he's like a, a legit number two guy and then we've got freaking you know Rashad Bateman maybe emerging he had a nice long touchdown catch this could be a really dangerous offense if those guys start to really click I like the Ravens as a best bet here I I don't love this game at all but I would lean to the Ravens uh, you know you're right the, the Dolphins they were raving about two and they did nothing going on they scored one touchdown and it was on that fourth down play where there's no risk you threw it in the middle of the field big deal. Um, you know, so much so that uh, Brady Quinn compared Tua to Dan Fouts yesterday when we were doing our pick show. You can believe that. Yeah, I saw. I, said, uh, I don't. I can't remember who he works for uh, now, but Michael Shadi was dragging him. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Dan Fouts? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Amazing. So I'll lean to the Ravens. I don't. I don't love them, but I'll take the Ravens minus the points. I lean to the Ravens, too. I'm very high on both these teams. Baltimore's number three in my power ratings. Miami's tied for sixth. Injuries continue to kill Baltimore. Lost two players out for the year last week. But the Dolphins also have injury issues on their offensive line with Armstead. Um, and I believe one other player, you know, banged up, not practicing. Um, I think that the Baltimore can manage at offensive tackle until Stanley's healthy. And I hope Peters is back at cornerback for this game. We'll see. Um, so I think the line should probably be four. So only a slight lean to Baltimore. All right. We'll work through a couple here quickly. Three more games to go. Seahawks at the 49ers. 49ers minus nine over under 41 and a half, Pete. This line actually moved towards the 49ers after the Seahawks uh, upset the Broncos on Monday night. Yeah, this is too many. I I would lean to the Seahawks. I don't, I mean, it's way too many. Um, After I watched it, it's hard to gauge what you saw from the 49ers last week because of that weather. But Lance made a couple good throws. He made a couple really bad ones too. So it's hard to evaluate them. I'd take the nine just because I think it's too many. 
Seattle coming off emotional win over Russ. They're due for a letdown here. You can get eight and a half at some places. That makes it right for being a teaser like here. If you want to tease this in the Bengals, they're both uh, four o'clock games. Um, you know, I think that's pretty pretty winning proposition, but I didn't do it here since we're taking nine in our picks. Um, I would lean to the Niners here. Can't do can't ev- evaluate anything about that that game and that monsoon. So on new turf, you know, they were worried about the turf coming into the game, and then the football gods dump like you know a deluge on onto the field and say go ahead and play in that. So it's always funny how that works out, but it's possible Trey Lance is bad and this line looks awful in four weeks, but I still haven't, you know, changed my opinion on San Francisco from coming into the season. And I thought they were a Super Bowl team. So I think nine is fine. I think eight and a half is fine. But if you can get eight and a half, definitely look to tease it down. I went back. I didn't realize like the Seahawks have kind of dominated the 49ers the last few years. And that kind of makes me want to take the nine, but it's such a, it's such a scary proposition because this 49ers team can, I mean, like we like the Broncos fumbled twice at the one yard line. Like the, it, the Seattle needed a lot of things to go their way to win that game. Um, you feel like if Lance is as good as we think he could be with it with decent weather, he's going to be able to move the ball around easily. They'll have some explosive plays, and you would hope that that defense won't just you know like you have to think that that the weather had something to do with how badly the defense you know they gave up those explosive plays to the to the Bears in week two. I would lean the Seahawks, but I don't. I wouldn't want to touch this one personally. I like that teaser idea with. The Bengals, who are minus seven and a half, at the Cowboys over under 41 and a half. Of course, if you bet this line a week ago, you've got some great CLV because the Bengals are probably a pick them or plus, plus a couple of points. Dak Prescott now out for a lengthy period of time. Don't listen to Jerry Jones for the four weeks, in my opinion. What do you think about this one, Pete? Look, when you look at the Cowboys last week, they were bad when Dak Prescott was in the game. I mean, he didn't. They, they didn't get guys open. They, there's, you know, they scored three more points with Dak in three plus quarters. I mean, uh, but I'm going to take the Cowboys to hang around. Mm-hmm. I think that the hook, seven and a half it is still, right? It's still seven and a half. I'm going to mm-hmm. take the hook. I think that's too many. I, I, you know, Cooper Rush isn't terrible. They're not going to be much worse on that side of the ball. And the Bengals offensive line had major issues last week. Parsons might get after him. So I'm going to take the Cowboys plus the points. Yeah, Cooper Rush came in last year, played pretty decently, and got a win for the Cowboys that nobody was expecting. So, you know, he, he's not a name backup quarterback, but he can at least hold his own. The problem is, like you said, that offense was terrible even with Dak. So I don't know how you fix that in one week. Um, but I'm typically looking to back backup quarterbacks when they take over because the line move is too extreme. I think that's probably in place here. I would lean Dallas uh, because Joe Burrow looked nowhere near 100% in that game, turning the ball over left and right. And we know the issues he dealt with in August. So I don't know that he's 100% in this game, and it seems like too many points for him delay i wouldn't mind teasing the Bengals, but seven and a half it feels like cowboys are the value yeah it's, for me it's it's sensey or nothing here um I, i'm glad that this is not a primetime game and i'd force some kind of bet on it but i i think maybe ta- cowboys team total under something like that um cincinnati you know turned the ball over five times and still almost beat pittsburgh dallas's offense is going to struggle mightily there was a blueprint there from tampa bay how to shut down cd lamb and i think the Bengals will probably use it uh but you know laying seven and a half um on on the road is uh, is a bit much. Uh, there's somebody somebody that has a question for you in the chat, Pete. Uh, someone named Ryan Wilson wants to know: Hey, Prisco, is Tua more like Dan Fouts or Mason Rudolph? Mason Rudolph. You know that's Ryan Wilson that we work with. I know who it is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why he's shouting there. God, right? He he really is shouting. Who do you? I mean, he's closer to Mason Rudolph than he is to Dan Fouts, but he's better than Mason Rudolph. What is happening here? That's for when the, when the Steelers beat the Bengals, we pulled a bunch of uh, a bunch of sound clips from the from the game to throw up there. Finally, Monday Night Football, the uh, the first of a doubleheader, but they're overlapping doubleheaders, so kind of not really a doubleheader. Sort of annoying to be honest. Titans at the Bills, Bills minus ten over under forty eight. 
The Bills, of course, looked like an absolute unit on a, a, a eight day. Like I mean, there's like eleven days between these games. I mean, how? Oh my God! How does Tennessee keep this close? After oh God. You know what this is? This is a schedule makers do, getting back for getting helping the Bills for what they did to them two years ago during the Titans screwed them over. Yeah, remember? Yeah. yeah. And so that now they got eleven days off and they're going to blast the Titans. Right. And I know his, the last two years the Titans have won. That isn't happening here. This Bills team is different because they're eight deep on the defensive line and they will get after the quarterback and they will stop the run. Uh, and Josh Allen will do his thing as well. I'm taking Buffalo blowout. Yeah, the look ahead line of seven and a half never made sense unless you thought Tennessee was a very good team. And I think nobody really thought that. So uh, on that same early edge show on Sunday morning, I said, get get the Bills in a teaser right now because seven and a half is going to be long gone. You know, by the time we get to the end of the day, tease them with the Steelers. Then we have the TJ Watt injury. So it didn't work out great on that leg, but I'll still take it 10 times out of 10 to get the Bills down to one and a half in this game. Um, I will lean to Buffalo 10 as well. Um, the line's more fair. I don't know how Tennessee offense handles that Buffalo defense like you're talking about. And then if Tennessee gets behind, you know, you can't feature Henry in the second half and try to get through the back door because you got to throw a lot and try to catch up. So that's not how Tennessee's built. So it's going to be hard to backdoor this one. I like the Bills too. Yeah, I mean, the only way you take the Titans is if you just think like there's some sort of magic beans that Mike Vrabel has when it comes to playing Sean McDermott and the Bills. Because, I mean, the, the matchup-wise, this is not a great matchup for the Bills. Um, so my pencil, Tucky Pete, says the Bills are overrated. I think the Bills are properly rated, and the Bills are just awesome. Um it, like, there's no reason they shouldn't just smash the Titans. Primetime games can get a little weird, but I guess it is Buffalo's home opener. I mean, like, I think I took the Titans in our picks against the spread, but I do not feel good about it. I don't blame you for backing the Bills. What's the other third team for our parlay? Oh, uh, yeah, we need a... Uh, uh, you guys like the over in the Lions game. That was one two of your best bets, yep. right? I like that. that, too. I'll, let's okay. go that, right. that. All right, good, good call. That's the third leg of our teaser. So Lions over 48 and a half. I think Packers the other minus ten would, have been, would have been the Ravens. I think everybody kind of liked the Ravens. Oh, right? Ravens. We could do Ravens too instead. Whatever you guys want. Doesn't matter, man. What do you want to do? Our call. Um, I'm te- I'm terrible at over unders. Uh, I want I want to bet. I want to aggressively bet on, hypothetically aggressively bet on the over in, <laughs> in the Washington game. So I don't want to ruin it with the part the parlay. So let's go Ravens. All right. Hypothetically. Actually, okay. because now we locked that in, let's do the other one because we're we're really bad at changing things at the last second. So, oh, you're so right, yeah, all right, so we'll do the, we'll do the over. Yeah, yeah so do the over. Do the over. All right, so you got the over forty eight and a half in the Washington Detroit game. Uh, Packers minus ten, Saints plus two and a half. That is the can't lose parlay. All right, here are our best bets. Recap: RJ's best bets: Green Bay minus ten, Jets plus six and a half, Colts minus four, Washington over forty-eight and a half, Arizona over fifty-one and a half. A teaser with Carolina plus eight and a half and Washington plus seven and a half, and the Saints plus two and a half. Pete's best bets: Saints plus two and a half, Jaguars plus four, Pats minus two, Rams minus ten and a half, and Texans plus ten. And Brinson best bets: Packers minus ten. Saints plus two and a half, Ravens minus three and a half, Eagles over 50 and a half, Lions over 48 and a half, and Pats under 40. That will do it for us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Leave your best bets in the comments. Smash that like button. Of course, subscribe and turn on alerts so you know when we go live. For Pete, for RJ, I'm Brinson. We will see you guys later. Later.